You're listening to the Bookkeepers Podcast with the 6FB, the weekly podcast for bookkeepers. Every week, we'll be talking about what's new in the bookkeeping world. And here are your hosts and founders of the Six Figure Bookkeeper, Joe Wood and Zoe Whitman. Hi, and welcome to the Bookkeepers Podcast. I'm Zoe Whitman. I'm in Bristol, and I'm joined by Joe Wood in Kent. Hi, Joe. How are you? Hi, Zoe. Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. It's all busy in my household this week. So we've been allowed to have plumbers in to sort out my bathroom and if you remember my husband took my bath out a year ago thinking he would in lockdown refit the bathroom and realised all of a sudden he's better at payroll than at bathroom fitting so um, I'm very excited as we speak if you hear any bangs and crashes it's because they're upstairs at the moment putting my bath in I'm so excited. Oh I'm really will you be able to use it today? No, I've been told at the weekend because they've got to finish tiling and things. But um, yeah, at the weekend, I'm going to have a bath. I'm literally going to take a bottle of Prosecco. I bought already bought myself one of those trays and I'm going to be there with snacks, maybe an iPad, bubbles in the bath and bubbles to drink. And I'm not moving for hours. <laughs> Love that idea. I think it's probably really funny for people who cho- like tune in every week and uh, are sort of hearing about Joe's bathroom sagas. Um, <laughs> We, we were talking last week and we had um we were talking to Matt from Free Agent and uh, I dropped into the chat that I might be moving. So anyone who's following along with the house move saga, at the moment I am not moving. Uh keep your fingers crossed that something works out and we do move. But it's um <laughs> I love these little insights into what's happening in the Wood household. So I hope the bath works out for you. Thank you. Just to let everyone know, I do have a separate shower. I haven't not had a wash for a year. So just in case anyone's like, is she clean? <laughs> um, well, that's good to know. Um, so today we're really excited to be joined by May James. May is a business strategist and she's um, she runs the Sustainable Scaling School. Um, May and I actually met on Clubhouse and uh, I think that's just the power of Clubhouse, the connections that you can make. So hi, May. How are you doing? Hi, thank you for having me today. I'm so excited to be here. It's so nice to have such a joyful chat already. I'm so excited. I feel so at home. Oh, it's really nice to be able to talk to you here. And um, thanks for joining in with the sort of house chats. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a journey for sure. <laughs> Um, we thought we would have a chat today because um, we, we've been in rooms together talking about pricing strategy and I know that that's something that you specifically help your clients with and I think pricing strategy sounds big like the idea of having a strategy like it's bad enough trying to come up with a price but having a strategy around this just feels like this massive thing we need to think about so I thought it'd be really cool to come on and um, talk about how bookkeepers can implement some kind of pricing strategy into their businesses. Do you want to tell us a little bit about what you do with the Sustainable Scaling School before we get started? Yeah, absolutely, of course. Hi, everybody. Um, So I'm May and I'm a business strategist, a coach and a consultant. And what we do is we help women who are service-based around the world to grow their businesses sustainably so that they can actually take time off and they can have the money that they want to make and actually take it home. Because... I'm sure you guys know there's so many people turning over money and they will say, you know, I've done X amount in turnover or they just don't. They just say I've done X amount and everyone thinks they're some kind of millionaire and they're really not. Um, And so I was about I came into the industry to really change the conversation around that and to say, hey, look, there is another way you can 
grow a business to the size you want it to be, whether that's 30 grand a year, whether that's, you know, a million and 10 million, but whatever you want, it's got to be in a sustainable fashion because you see it time and time again, where people just kind of crash and burn. And it's just this like never ending cycle. So um, we work with women and yeah, it's a, the sustainable skill in school came about, it's a 10 week program that kind of sets people up to be able to price their businesses and uh, plan and have the really core bits of business that even if you are kind of successful on paper, often can have been just rabbled together in the process of starting a business, which we all do, you know, we're all either working a nine to five or doing something else. And you just think, oh God, like <laughs> you get to a point and you think, how have we got here? And so often I'm kind of unraveling that and helping people to create a strategy that works for them. So, I, I mean, I, this is fascinating because I have built multiple practices over the years and uh, the scalability or the sustainability of my practices has always ended up coming into question. So I've, I've been able to either really grow turnover um, but not being able to live or I can, um, and this, and I'm really passionate about this now with my own clients, making sure that it's actually not even just the profit but it's the money we hold on to, the money that we can, you know, yes, we have profit, but if we then in our personal lives, spending that and more, then even if you've got a profitable business, you haven't got a sustainable life. Um, and even though I really focus on this with my clients, I'm still at the moment struggling in my own business because I've had a growth spurt. And even though I'm really aware of it, I've just, uh, I had a meeting this week and I'm like, wow, we're at that point again where we need to, um, we need to take on a staff member and to cover that staff member, we need some more turnover, but do we actually end up with any more profit? Like, mm. or, and so I think this is a really important topic and something that's not really spoken about enough. Yeah. And I think that the thing is, it's like, there's this difference between advice for people who are starting out and that's necessary and that's needed, but there's a gap in the market where people get to a certain level of success that there's kind of no support it's almost just as if we're all supposed to know what on earth's going on and so that really highlighted to me and that was when I came in and thought oh okay this makes sense because as you said if you experience a, a kind of high growth period which you know is normal if you're doing a lot of good stuff if you can market well if you have got your kind of basics down it's normal for you to have a growth but but it gets to a point where you just literally sit there and think well as you said the profit's not going to shift, but I need more hands-on support. And then you have to kind of look and think, oh, okay. And so I totally agree with what you're saying. And I think this will speak to a lot of people because there's a lot of people out there who who are feeling this and are in that situation. Okay, so where do, bookkeep, where do you suggest people start? So at the moment, I think I often see posts in Facebook groups where a job has come in, a potential client's call has come up and uh, and people will say okay how would how would everyone price this like we ask amongst the group don't we and um and we sort of we talk about hourly rates we talk about fixed pricing how do we go like lift ourselves up and look at this from the top down so what are we trying to do and how can we create this idea of a pricing strategy rather than uh, taking things on a job by job basis is it about taking a view of the whole business and what you will and won't what kind of work you will and won't bring in or where where do you start with that so for me it's all about a like holistic approach to looking at this and so it has to become as you were saying Zoe like it's got to go way further than just looking at a project and so what in an ideal world if I could have everybody on 
non-hourly, not trading time for money, then that's great. Some industries, it doesn't work. And it really annoys me when people are saying that, you know, just create package. And for some people that doesn't work because that's just how it is, you know. But if you can, then yes, not charging hourly is great. And the reason I'm against it, which people don't, is not what people necessarily think, is because I don't believe it's good for us as human beings to be charging hours because we don't work in hours. And it doesn't, our mental capacity is not, done in hours it's not like we've got 10 hours of mental capacity so let's just do that it doesn't work and so for the sake of everyone's sanity it makes sense to provide an output for someone and then for them to say well that's how much that is worth and the value so in terms of practically first of all I take everybody out of their business because it's not about you it's got really very little to do with you as a person as an individual I start with looking at how much money you want to make. Now, this again is backwards to what a lot of people will say, because they'll say like, look at industry, blah, blah, blah. First of all, how much money do you want to make? I know that this show is six figures, so I'm assuming people might want to make a hundred grand, say a year, or maybe they want to make 120 to make it simple. Um, that is where I start. And that's like the basis of everything. And I would map out a whole business model around that number knowing that you can then scale that to all the different types of money that you want to make down the line but that will give you a really solid base and also really understanding for people that this is how much money do you want to turn over in your business not taking home not like it, it's got to be really strategic and you have to really look at it from a hard place so the bit of pre-work before that will be probably you know looking into what does your dream life cost you how much is all the things your kids need every month or the club you want to send them to or, you know, if you want to privately educate them or whatever you want to do, um, you need to get that sorted. And for some people, that will be an exercise that takes, you know, four hours and it can be fun because you're like, OK, I want to have a cleaner. How much does that even cost? Or I want to drive X car. What does that mean? Some people are like, I want to do an extension on my house, but they don't they don't know what that would cost. And so you can't plan for this unless you look further ahead. And some people find this weird because they're like, well, I've asked you about pricing and you're now talking to me about like your dreams and I'm like, yeah, but that's where we've got to go in order to get it right. And like so many times people want to just give a really simple formula and say, you know, just do this and do this and charge that. And I really believe that, that if you want to create something that's going to stick in the sand, you've got to go that extra mile. And so once you have your number, then you can look at your capacity and what are you prepared to work for? So can you work five days a week? Are you working three days a week? Whatever. And you decide that. And then you can do a calculation of, you know, dividing how much you want to work by the amount of clients you can have. That will give you a number of some description. Now, it doesn't kind of start and end there because that doesn't provide you with everything you need, but it will give you a number. And for most people, that will be scary. So if you have 120,000 and you're like, I can only actually have a maximum of 10 clients, that might be that you have to charge them like, a thousand pound a month and that might be like whoa well that's not gonna work and there'll be a lot of mindset stuff comes up as well and a lot of you kind of internalize an emotion but that is a great starting point because it will show you how vastly different where you need to be to where you were right now charging hourly is going to get you and if that number is so out of the out of the ballpark you know you might be like well i can't charge that because normally they pay me a hundred pound a month then there's different things you can do to make it so that it will work either way. Things like outsourcing, there's things you can add or take away from packages. But what I would encourage everyone to do is just start looking a bit broader and a bit bigger and don't get, don't go down the route of 
industry and so-and-so charges this and someone's in my village and she charges that because it doesn't that doesn't serve anyone and actually if you price properly and you price for you you're giving permission to other people to start charging correctly as well so I'm sure we'll go into you know like how do you work out how much exactly is that the value would be but I just think it's important for people to understand that if your pricing strategy is not right your whole business will struggle at some point because your business will come to a bottleneck and if your pricing is too low there's always an issue because it always comes down to we want to scale we can't scale it's not happening if we scale then the profit's actually going to reduce for some people some people their profit massively decreases when that happens and i'm talking even on a big scale like some of my clients you know if someone's making 400 grand and wants to go for like 800 grand if their pricing strategy is not right that whole business can literally just fall apart because the moving parts don't work and the cash flow and things so i'd really encourage everybody who's like maybe this year is your year that you're like i want to hit that six figure mark i would endeavor to say to you like just take some time to focus on what is it that you're charging and are you even charging what you want to charge you're just charging because like that was what they told you or in a facebook group someone said well i charge this so they've been doing it for five years and i've been doing it for six months so that means i've got to divide it by three and like don't stress about it and the biggest mistake i see sorry i know i'm going on for ages biggest, biggest mistake i see is people undercharging based on this idea of experience which is a whole other conversation um and people thinking you know i've just started out so i can't charge or i can only charge like two pound an hour or something and that's even though they've had a career beforehand just totally crazy to me but yeah that would be my first kind of initial standpoint that is wow amazing ray absolutely amazing my i've got so many questions um and so many things i want to chat to you about um because that's just hit so many nails on the head I love what you just said then. I'm going to kind of go there first, the experience side of things. I was speaking to somebody this week who said, um, I got my qualifications, but then I was unwell for a few years. So then I, so yeah, I was around for that long, but I feel like someone's going to find out that I'm a fraud and that I don't really have that amount of experience. And I'm like, but you learned that stuff and it was in your head that whole time. And that will be, you will be a, thinking about things in a different way when you watch telly or something something will come up and you've learned that stuff so you'll think of everything differently and also you had a life before that and you went to work and you got experience as a actually sometimes you know what people need experience human being experience they need to have just been around to understand how you talk to people and you know and also your experience growing up you'd have experienced different things you, I, I completely agree. It really winds me up when some people just say, well, I've got no experience. Then I'm like, but you ha you've been alive. So you have got experience with some things. And um, yeah, and don't put yourself down. In, and, and obviously imposter syndrome is a huge thing that beats people up and stops them doing that. Um, going on to something else you said about the fact that when you're scaling, sometimes you can lose money. And I've seen this so much. I've seen people like, go for the next turnover and I'm like but actually the profit's going to be less what do you want turnover that's why they say turnover is vanity and profit sanity because why are you going for that to earn less money and I always believe and I don't I'd love to know your opinion on this I've got this thought that there must always be a like sweet spot in every business that it just is the right amount of turnover the right amount of you know um expenses that's going to be like the optimum profit center or is it a case that you can change structure along the is it yeah is there always that sweet spot 
or is there lots of multiple sweet spots you maybe just have to change the business and how it how it um delivers things you know there's different ways of delivering on services does that make sense sorry i'm rabbiting on i'm very excited no of course it does yeah it 100 percent does and i definitely agree to a certain extent there's a point where you know a lot of businesses can reach a point where it is their optimum level because just because it means you can double your business doesn't mean you want to and that's totally cool so yeah i i agree i think in terms of profit there's definitely a point where you can put it on a graph and say hey however i really do believe that for most businesses there is a way that you can completely shift it if you want to scale it but i think it's important to remember that most people don't like the majority of people watching this i'm sure although you know a multiple six figure business sounds great or a seven figure business most of them are probably thinking i can't be bothered i don't want that you know like i just want to be able to like go on a nice holiday have some fun when we have a life again you know obviously covid dependent but i think remembering that you only need to work for what you want and not what everyone else wants is important because you will end up building a business that you resent and i've seen it time and time again i've worked with people who feel utterly lost because they've grown this business because of the noise of social media and the noise of what everyone around them is saying when actually all they wanted and i say all i don't mean that to downgrade it but you know they wanted a 60 grand a year turnover business that was life-changing to them and they could have stuck with that and they hit that and they were really happy and that everything else and the noise of online the online world made them believe they should have had more you do not have to if you want to make 50 grand a year go for it like that is life-changing for so many people and there's not enough discussion around this idea of 10k months mean absolutely nothing absolutely for all i'm sorry i don't know if we can swear on this i'll try not to swear um but you know i, I really think it's important to say to people that don't feel like you are not a businesswoman or you don't have a successful business just because you don't make turnover 10 grand a month like it's absolutely absolutely yeah. do you know what and that's exactly so we called it um i set up this group uh, before i'd even met zoe but i wasn't running it very well zoe's definitely a brilliant attribute to my business <laughs> at the beginning um because i because we were talking i want you know we wanted to create a group and i said oh i've got a group and it's called the six figure bookkeepers club and she said well why don't we just use that then if it's already established and i went yeah i said but i don't I've, I've put it out there as that because i want it to be some an aspirational group but i very much don't want it for people to believe they need to be a six figure i believe that terminology six figure is like that place where you want to get to but it doesn't have to mean that it means that you can do the school run and you really want to and you've been in a corporate job and you and you want to pick be there for um the plays and the sports days and for you that would mean everything that to me is like that six figure feeling but it doesn't yeah. necessarily mean that six figure business so and we and i hope we get that across and we try and say that all the time that this is not about turnover. This is about that feeling, and you know that you've made it, and you've got a business that is um, that's, that you're running to your terms and your aspirations, and it's working for you. Because I've definitely been there. My biggest turnover that I've ever had, I was I was actually paying money into the business and made a loss. So turnover is nothing, absolutely love nothing. Now, a question I'd like to ask because I'm in a business that has me, my sister, and my husband as the shareholders and and it's my name on the business and i am the i drive my business forward and i'm the sales and marketing kind of behind the business but we are all quite different now obviously me and my husband are quite similar but we do have similar goals but my sister's actually goals are very different to mine 
And so what we've come up with at the moment is out, out rather than just, just trying to focus on turnover and things. So I've got, I, I've got bigger profit goals than her, but we say to each other all the time, will this make us happy and content? So our goals are much more around a feeling. So if I say, right, well, I want to bring in this new client and she's like, right, how is that going to make us feel? Are, are we going to be able to cope with that? Is that pushing us too far? Is that going to give us the profit? And we just try and wake on that happy and content. But have you worked with businesses that have different people with different goal, uh, different like goals and dreams? Yeah, I mainly work, to be honest, with solo like women who have a team, not necessarily shareholders. Let me just think. I think I've worked with one where I would say there's like a, a number of different like opposing opinions um and from what i've seen and from my personal experience as well i would say it has to be very clear because a feeling is really good but then obviously it's not tangible so then there's this whole kind of discussion around that but i think if you can set out clear things for you individually i think that's how it's worked best so when i've in the past i've seen it work best is when somebody allocates like really clear responsibilities to each person for their part in that feeling of whatever so that each person feels the feeling because I think sometimes it's then like well you felt that but I didn't feel that so how do we all know we're at the end point because some of you are backwards and forwards yeah that's really interesting and um, I'm going back to when you were talking about thinking about what you want to get out of the business I, I completely agree with Joe like we we went with the six-figure name because we felt like it was really clear that we were trying to yeah. speak to aspirational bookkeepers but that what you want from your business is it can be whatever is right for you and um going back to the kind of vision part about and we work with our bookkeepers on this the, the whole first module of our six-month success program is about thinking about your goals and your vision for the business because we think it's so important and we tell everyone you have to start with this fix you've got to know why you're doing this um and i'd love to know more about how you break that down with people like how do you start with that because it's really tough like if you just i think a lot of people start their businesses particularly as bookkeepers as a side hustle i certainly did i was working as well or around family, young children often, and you're kind of like, oh, well, I might be able to find a couple of clients and that will bring in a bit of money, but there's no real um, goal attached to that or no, it, it's money. It's some extra money coming in without being able to allocate that money to something specific or be able to tie it to some particular life goal. So for someone who's new to this idea, because I think this is gonna be new for a lot of people, where can they start with, thinking about what that might look like for them how can we what would you suggest yeah. I think that's a great question so one thing I like to do is remember that there's very different types of businesses and you can choose whatever sort you want so for instance I have two businesses one business which is not this business one business serves a purpose it's very just practical operational serves like it just does a job I'm not particularly like that invested in it I'm not particularly like wow like I love it and I'm not you know I'm not really jazzed about it or anything but it's great and it does a purpose and that's fine and I don't promote it I don't nobody really knows about it and I just have it ticking in the background great this business obviously I'm like visible and I'm really like bouncy and I do it because I have such a strong vision and impact and kind of moral obligation to feel like I have to help people and that's because I want to and so that's great. Those two businesses and my two goals for them are very different. And that's what you need to look at in yourself. If you've got a side hustle, you want to say, right, 
is it a side hustle and does it want to stay like that? Fine, no problem. No worry with that. Absolutely cool. Do you want to create something that's a substantial full-time income where you feel like you're still a freelancer? So it's a very much, as you said, like money is the main part of the business and you kind of trade and maybe you do some volunteering work on the side. The other thing you then want to look at is, okay, maybe do you want to have a brand? Because a brand is a part of the business, but you don't necessarily have to have a brand, I would argue. Say a bookkeeper, you don't need to have a brand, really. You could just operate as yourself and, you know, maybe have a little bit of a personal brand. But some people will say, no, I want to have a bookkeeping agency or business that is thriving in a message and we incorporate a culture for people. And you might be like, you're trying to make bookkeeping sexy or you might be like, I want to make people actually not dread coming to me with all their receipts or something. So think about that. And then your other type would be, do you want to have some kind of like huge business and conglomerate that you want to like scale and be the next like massive thing? Obviously, that one is less so normally. But even if you look at them from those perspectives, it's going to allow you to think differently because I think very differently in my business, like this business to what I do with my other one, because my other one's got different, it serves a different purpose. So for most people, it's going to either be they want to create something with a really meaningful message and impact, or they're kind of wanting to be a freelancer with a full-time wage. Either is perfectly good. I mean, they're all fine. But if that's the case, then you've got to look at two different mindsets. So if you're going for a business with a brand and a message and impact, you then need to think like a CEO. And I hate the word CEO because I feel like it's plastered all over. It's like, you know, boss, babe and CEO and all that kind of stuff. But it is really important because at the end of the day, you can only build a business to the size that you're going to dream. And that's really important. People will pretend that they know what they want. Most of us don't because we're not it, it's knocked out of us as kids like we're told like don't dream don't think this it's too big like who do you think you are all that kind of mindset stuff so I would really encourage you to take some time and it might take a while that's okay don't feel like you're some crazy person for not being able to dream you might be like ah, I can't do it and when you're thinking about it it might feel a lot of resistance and that's also normal but if you can sit with those feelings and really tease out and think about the opportunities that you might want it will allow you to create a vision for yourself and your business and you can have two very different ones and I think this is what some some people try and put everything into one and then it gets so overwhelming and they don't take any action because they're like I want to change the world I want to be this thing I want to do that and there's just too much so I would really encourage you to like separate the two what do you want to do as you and what do you want your business to be and what does it stand for and the message and the values you hold then you can then kind of amalgamate them together if you want to that's that's amazing. I, I think we and I, we understood as well that it's very hard for people to have to because you you pigeonhole yourself. Like you say, it's been years and years of limiting beliefs telling you that that's, you know, that's all uh, only what you're going to get to. Um, we do something in the, at the beginning of the six month success program where I actually recorded a meditation and it's about helping you and talking you through your most perfect day and where you wake up in the morning and I think this kind of helps because it's like you open your eyes and what do you see what kind of the bedclothes are like what do you feel when you step out of the bed where what's the room look like and and I found that easier for me to be in that rather than think what do I want so as I started walking through my perfect day I realized I opened up like the bed I had bedroom doors I opened up to a little mini balcony and then I was there and I could see woods and there was, I could hear a trickle of a 
little river. And I didn't know that that's the kind of things I wanted until I thought of it and like how the air smelled and there was a dog running around and all these little things which wouldn't have been, um, I wouldn't have thought of if I'd have sat down and gone, right, goals, what do I want? It, that would have never come out. And it was a kind of a, I don't know, it was, it was kind of exciting. And I, I really enjoyed doing that and helping people do that. But I think, like you say, it is very hard. So don't think, oh, well, I don't know what my goals are um, because most of us don't. And that's absolutely fine. And I love the fact you're talking about multiple businesses because it, um, I've got three going at the moment. And I'm the, I, I, and I love the idea of you thinking about what each of them, the purposes are, how they make you feel and what they want you to do because they are they are different and they've got a different energy and and yeah we need to think about the goals that each of them want and um, Zoe do you want to read out we've got a comment I think oh yeah Laura Laura's here Laura Day Henderson's watching she says um we should all be aiming to create six figures of our personal currency and that might be pounds to some but will be freedom time freedom financial freedom or success or happiness or flexibility for most we need some profit to achieve this of course but it's all about achieving six figures of this personal currency, whatever that currency might be to us. Absolutely, Laura. I've, that is exactly what it is. And it's like, does this business work for you? We often talk about running a business on your terms. Like this has to work for you. Other, otherwise, why are you doing it? Um, but it is really easy to get swept away with other other people on social media and comparisonitis and thinking we need to do the same as other people and that's the the solution for us but it isn't necessarily and I'd, I really like the idea of getting back to this vision and May you alluded to having this kind of way of working out how you price based on so knowing what that lifestyle is that you're looking for and how much that will actually cost you and then working it back to what you need to be earning and then tying your services back to that this is really interesting so we we talked to, um, I'm thinking of Pete Scott, actually, Joe. Pete's one, a friend of the podcast and he um, is a sales coach and although he's probably got a better job title than that. And, um, and Pete always talks to us about thinking about what you want to charge or you need to charge and then what does the service actually look like to be able to charge that amount of money rather than always thinking about an hourly rate, which I think is often a sort of a trap that we have as bookkeepers. Um may how so so i think this hourly rate trap is tricky and and it is a mindset shift and we need to get away from it and part of the way to do that is to think about why are we in business what do we want and how can we earn that like what what can we deliver that's gonna that we're really good at where, where we can really make a difference for our clients but what do we do if we because i know a lot of us are going to come into contact with uh, very budget conscious clients people who want to work with us for free how do we do that? How can we help those those potential clients or those business owners without compromising our own success? Because I think this is a big challenge for a lot of our bookkeepers. Yeah, and this is big because I think, and I don't know, maybe you've had someone speak on this before, but this is a really, if you ask someone to come and talk to you about how do you increase the price or the profit of a bookkeeper, they're going to say, you know, create a big package and only work with five clients and charge them some x amount of money and then you're gonna have all your problems like drastically erased <laughs> it's like great okay yeah but for most people that's not gonna happen so I love this question and I think it's important what I would say is number one your client management has to be really really good so boundaries have got to be huge and I know that that's not a direct into price but it will do because if they're charging a low amount then 
they can't have loads of access to you. That's the top and bottom of it. Whether they want to or not, ain't happening. The numbers, yes, you can do. Everything else, you're, you know, the counsellor, the kind of accountant almost. Like, I think that's what I imagine you guys get. You're a bookkeeper and you get paid a bookkeeper's rate, but also they want to know, like, tax implications. They want to know what's happening with GDPR. Like, they want to know everything. And it's like, hang on a minute, no. So you have to be really clear with yourself about what it is they get at each point. And what I would do is that helps people is give them different options and different rates so that they can understand that. Because if you just say, my rate is X, they're like, okay, if you say to them, right, here's the suite of products we offer, if you need the lowest one, that's fine. But the next one up provides X, Y, and Z. Because a lot of the times, what you do in your business, other people don't know, especially your customers. That's why they're coming to you. So if you tell them that, right, I think this is best for you, and they say, well, I can't actually afford that. I need something lower. You can say, okay, no problem. But you've got to be aware that this, this, and this isn't included. What mostly happens is people then go, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, no problem. And then they kind of just like, do it anyway and then there becomes a conversation four months down the line when the client is just pushing and pushing and pushing so that would be my first thing the second thing I would say is to niche in a way that is get really clear on like one type of person you want to help or maybe in an industry or a sector I truly believe you can charge a hell of a lot more money if you are just focusing on one type of person. So I don't recommend this for all businesses because for some businesses it doesn't work, but I think for bookkeepers it would be very helpful for people to do. So this is scary and you're gonna be like, oh, I don't wanna do this, but I promise you, if you spend like a year focusing in on one group of people, like for instance, I'm just thinking, maybe you wanna do, um, equine like maybe you want to do horses or you know jockeys or something like that if you specialize in that and you become the person for businesses who you know earn up to I don't know maybe they earn up to a million pounds or maybe they earn up to five million pounds and you are that person they will come to you and they'll be queuing at the door because they always do everybody wants that person yes you can then work with loads of other different people when they come to you but I would highly suggest like if you are like I got low budget clients and I don't know how to kind of shift that. I'd say focus on an area you are interested in or you want to go further into and just stick with it for a year. And if it doesn't work in a year, you can change it. But I, I'm pretty kind of confident that most people, if they just stuck with one thing for long enough, it would really allow them to charge more because it does. People people don't then say, oh no, it's like a bit pricey. They go, oh, she's the one that does it for business coaches or she's the one that does it for physiotherapists and she's great and she knows all the things in the industry. Like that would be appealing. And so you have to look at it from a customer perspective and take yourself out again. This is the whole thing. We all come back to this. It's all about me. It's all about me. It's not. It's about your customers and what do they perceive the value to be. The value is perceived when someone's a specialist. When someone comes on a podcast and you say, oh, they're a specialist in sales or they're a specialist in something that's great like I'm a pricing and strategy specialist I help people to sell with ease now I could technically come on and say well I've got a global fashion e-com I've got this going on I've got this I do this I used to be an ex-senior not-for-profit diversity inclusion leader like I could come on and talk about loads of random stuff it wouldn't sit with you guys and it wouldn't fit the mood you have to decide to be one thing and that means that you've got to get your self-confidence up and your self-worth because 
a lot of people want to cast that net really far out so that they don't have to confidently stand in that zone of genius and that can feel uncomfortable and that's normal so don't don't worry if you're hearing this and thinking i do not want to commit to something that's normally a sign that you need to commit to something because <laughs> you're kind of <laughs> love love resistance it's like that resistance. If, yeah, yeah if the resistance comes up then it's telling you something listen to it listen to it oh my goodness that is amazing and and I think people worry because they think they've got to make that decision then and there exactly and what I I did is I decided on a type of client but not an industry on I wanted to know um I wanted to help women that were really nervous and scared around their numbers and that had been treated badly in the past and looked down on and I knew I wanted to deal with those and I wanted to build confidence but I didn't know who that would be until I was having waxing done one day and she was speaking to me about her back return and how badly he, she'd been treated by her accountant and I was like oh my goodness you're my ideal client and now I am the go-to person in the beauty industry in a certain area I've kind of got Facebook groups and things that you know I'm the go-to like today the budget's going on now my phone is pinging I'm being asked by beauty therapists everywhere what is going on and they want to know from me and but that was by accident but what I decided on was the type and also means that we talk about in our uh, program we help you decide on your worst client what was the experience you had from your worst client and why you don't want to feel that again and sometimes because sometimes people don't know what they want to feel. Uh, they only know what they don't want to feel. And sometimes that pushing away, you can put in the opposites and make you feel happy and, you know, delighted when that phone rings rather than, oh, my God, it's that person. I don't want to speak to them. You don't want to feel that in your business. So sometimes a niche can be how uh, the type of person you want to deal with. And then you can find a, that industry niche because you're drawn to a sector that actually are that have got the people in it and i'm i just feel so lucky that i get to work i get so many gorgeous presents i got a box of cakes come through the post the other day just because and i was like oh my goodness these people have not been what they've not opened their doors for months and she's thinking about me and my 11s is i mean it was such a lovely feeling and that's what happens when you get that ideal client but also i want to say to people that Sometimes I then come across online coaches, not all of them, but some of them that had the very same ideals and, and were very good online and very good visibly, but they felt like they were being frauds because they didn't understand their numbers. But they couldn't tell anybody that because I'm declaring these numbers, but what does it actually mean? And I so I found another sector. So you don't have to, you, you can have multiple and it doesn't have to be just one person forever, but you just need to be really succinct with your messaging and what you're putting out there because what you put out there you'll attract back yeah and i think it's just so the idea of like selling one thing to one person at one time is just really critical and if you from a practical perspective because i think it's important for people to be able to action something if you i don't know what you guys do with marketing and how you suggest that they should market but i would 100 percent say to you if you get that niche thing down get on linkedin and you will be able to fill your diary within like a month or so if if you get really specific and you say helping x person to do x thing in this area if you can be location it's even better like if you can be location based you can fill your diary easily like it shouldn't be a problem you should end up with kind of too many customers and leads because it it's so 
people get so responsive when they're called out and you call them out really easily and just say, you know, beauty therapist in X place. Then they're like, oh yeah, that's me. Great, bingo, perfect. And that's how simple it can be. It doesn't need to be complicated. It is so simple. You're absolutely right. I mean, I've, I've just spent the morning with the partners in our accountancy practice talking about marketing. And I um, I came to the meeting with a piece of paper and I'd written down on it, who and what? <laughs> like, who are we marketing to? What are we marketing to them? All of the rest, once you know that, you're good. Like, it, yeah. it can be that simple, can't it? And um, no, we do. We talk about niching a lot. Like, it's, um, it's so important and it really helps to target the focus. And like Joe said, you can still take on other clients, um, but being the specialist really helps you raise your game. Um, yeah. Okay, my final question for you then, May. So I think a lot of bookkeepers get in this low price trap, um, which is difficult to get out of. Um, what can they do? Like, what's the first thing they can do to raise their prices if they're finding themselves in that position? And they're they want to be able to be the expert or, um, you know, start targeting that niche, but they need to move away from these like really sort of lower paying clients. Yeah. So this is something that I cover in detail. Like this is what I do. And I love having these conversations with people because a lot of the time it comes down to mindset is the first thing you've got to sort the mindset out because if not then you can just feel like this is a never like it's a, a no-go zone and you're like oh i don't know so first of all kind of controversially where can you just bin off some clients like there's some people let's be honest we've got clients where you're like do you really need them is that really serving you like are they more hassle than it's worth? And I'm sure with bookkeepers, it's very easy to find them because I can imagine, you know, you might be really organized and you want organized clients. So what I would first do is come up with a profile of like, who's your customer? What do they look like? All of that bump. But I want you to look at like, who do you want? And what do you want them to do? And not just characteristics, more like personality traits of how they act and how they respect you. Because that then gives you a really easy thing for you to go through and say, well, that's not working for me or that doesn't fit. So first of all, do that. And then don't feel guilty for getting rid of some. Because if you get rid of some, it allows for new energy and new space and just brighter things to happen. And I found that so many people find it freeing to let go of clients who are probably taking up so much of your time. It's always the same ones. The ones that pay the most often take the least and then the ones that pay the least are normally dragging things out for way longer so and I'm sure there's lots of like heads nodding who are listening because they'll be like yeah I'm so I'm struggling now it's like it's ever going thing so that would be what I do from a practical perspective one thing I think a lot of people especially women which is a whole conversation is that they're scared to actually increase their pricing with their existing clients so first of all it doesn't need to be long it can be a conversation and an email and it can be to say, hey, from X date, my prices are increasing to X. Now, what I would advise you to do is instead of having to like not do anything for five years and then like double it or triple it, I would say regularly increase them in line with, you know, how you feel comfortable on your growth. So if you're charging £20 an hour, put it up to £22 an hour. Like do a slower gradual increase, providing you are already charging enough. If you already know that you're not charging enough, then you're gonna have to just go cold turkey and go for it. And it'll be scary, but pull your big bill pants on and be like, I'm just gonna do this. So if you need to double it, you double it. But providing you're kind of already at a decent rate, then you can do it incrementally if you wanna do it like every six months or there's no kind of set thing, but you'll feel it intuitively in your business. Please don't just like not do anything for five years and then have to do drastic action. 
Um, the next thing I would say is be clear with them. Just be open and say, hey, this is the situation. And when you get a kickback, which I think is important to talk about because it actually happens a lot less than most people think. So what will happen is, say you've got 10 clients, I tend to find, and this is obviously just kind of from my experience and clients and things, I'd say around seven of them will be like totally fine. They'll just be like, oh, okay, yeah, no problem. Because guess what? Everybody increases their prices. Business gets more expensive. Every year we're used to paying more. So it's not a surprise if the bookkeeper randomly turns up and says, well, actually, going to need a bit more money from you. They're like, oh, okay, it's just part of the world. That's great, seven of them. You might get two of them who are a bit like, hmm, a bit twisty, a bit kind of like, oh, really? Why? Like, and that often has so much to do with their business and their insecurities. And they probably know they need up their pricing, but they're kind of scared. So there'll probably be two of them. And then you might get one who really kicks off and you might be like, oh God, and there's somebody like ringing you and they're emailing and they're saying, you know, like, this is disgraceful. I've been with you. That'll be a classic. It'll be like, I've been with you for five years. How dare you put my rate up? It's like, yeah, that's why we're putting it up. You've been here for five years, like crack on. So I think you've got to be really brutal. And I say this because it's empowering to you. Like, don't make this a scary activity. It's like, no, I'm going to charge what I'm worth charging. And I say that I don't believe you can put a worth price on your worth. But I mean, in terms of like your work and your time is worth some money and don't undercharge yourself because you're doing yourself a disservice because it's not fair for you. And it's people need to understand that money is important. We want to pretend it isn't and it really is. And it's game changing and it's power and it's activism. And it's so, so important that more women have money and profit in the right places because the world will be so much different the day that as women, we can buy things the help of the people because when you mm-hmm. look at industry spending and you look at the world and what we've invested our money in it's transformational absolutely transformational so i'd urge you all if you need to increase your prices like even if you think you've got a great pricing strategy go and increase your price by a pound an hour please if you charge by the hour please go and do it and just think great i've now got an extra like 200 quid to just like invest absolutely an iso or something like do something with it i love that Mate, I heard this week as well, uh, somebody in the accountancy space, she said that um, she was going to double the prices of her tax returns. Um, She said, I'm going to double all of them across the board. And she said, and I'm going to lose half of them. But then I'll be doing half of the work for the same money. And I was like, oh, my goodness, that makes so much sense. Because you will. And, yeah, you will lose. Yes, fine. Lose half of them because you're going to make more money. I just... It just really changed how I thought about things, and um, yeah, I'm I'm gonna I'm definitely gonna be up in my prices, um, and I, and I, yeah, I definitely am. But so May because it's coming. We've got to come to the end. We really like value your time, value everyone's time that's listening. How can you help people, and how can they find you? Oh yeah, of course, no problem. So um, I hang out mainly on Instagram. Um, so I'm at it's on the screen there at dot at may.james underscore um and that's where you find us kind of the hub of the business we're on clubhouse so i'm at may james and i'm also the founder of the slow sustainable business club over there so there's over i think there's over seven thousand of amazing people over there and if you want if you like kind of my vibe and you are kind of um 
you like a, a value-driven conversation, then definitely head over there because we do things um, pretty much daily and there's some lovely conversations go on about all business things. Um, so that's where you would typically find me, but Instagram is my kind of hangout place. If you do want to chat with me on DM, please just put the word podcast because my DMs are crazy and since Clubhouse, I have no control over them. It's just wild. So if you want to speak, just put that and I'll make a priority come and find you because it's a bit of a nightmare. Um, and yeah, apart from... In terms of how you get my support and work, I have a really simple product suite, which is great because it means there's no like complicated things. So basically your options are, we have the Sustainable Scale and School, which is a 10 week um, group experience. We are actually launching um, at sort of in a week or two's time. So you're at a perfect point. I don't know when this is going out. Um, come and join us, come and see what we're about. You can click the link in the bio. There's a wait list, you get some money off. So you can do that if that kind of sits with you. I also have a membership, which is a more of a general business membership um, to try and give um, quality business education for a, a kind of affordable rate. That's something I'm really passionate about. And I do have one-to-one -one practice, which I kind of, I'm fully booked, but I book in advance. So that's something, but just DM me if you, are interested and maybe you want to know more or maybe you just want to kind of be nosy there's loads of free information on my instagram there's a lot of igtvs there's just loads of i'm really big on trying to give free content so that kind of works and that you can implement so yeah anywhere like that is good for me amazing thanks so much Maeve. what we'll do we'll make sure that we've got the links to all of those things in the show notes um and on youtube we'll put it in the notes as well so people can find you and connect with you Thank you so much for your time today. We really appreciate it. I think this has been amazing for everybody watching. It has for us as well. Um, for, just before I wrap up, I'm just going to let you know a bit more about how you can connect with us. So um, we are the Six Figure Bookkeeper and we run the Six Figure Bookkeepers Club on Facebook. The best way to connect with us is in our Six Figure Bookkeepers Club. It's our free Facebook group. Um, we are also about to run on the 22nd of March. We're running our Bookkeepers Bootcamp. It's our week long event. Um, and we're going to be focusing on confidence. We think it's something really important for bookkeepers. I think it, it's really the, the thing holding everyone back from growing in whichever area it is you want to be growing in your business. So we've got um, seven days of live events. We're going to be live at least twice a day, every day. We've got 16 different sessions. I think we've got about nine guests or something joining us for the week and um, it's going to be amazing we've got a workbook and uh, we'd love it if you come and join us the best way to register for that is to go to sixfigurebookkeeper.com slash bootcamp for all of the sessions we've been running in our facebook group so um we will we'll wrap up there but thanks so much for joining us today and we will see you next week for another podcast bye don't forget to join us every week on the bookkeepers podcast with topical bookkeeping chat why not join our free facebook group the six figure bookkeepers club or visit us at sixfigurebookkeeper.com.